The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, by Crossmark Services, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Hey, Mike. Hey, my friend. Hey, listen, before we get started, I got a quick story for you. All right. I just hear the announcement. Bring it on. You know, know, uh, Mike, I'm a lover of history. You know, I do. I really love history. I did know that. And one of my favorite cities in America is San Antonio, right? Because of the Alamo. The Alamo, remember. Tex-Mex, right? Like yeah. so, both those things equally important. <laughs> got to have the Tex-Mex. Got to have the Tex-Mex. Well, yeah. listen, this is true. You know, um, when you go and you tour the Alamo, there was a crossman that died in the Alamo. No way. Absolutely related to you. I have no idea, but I think it really represents the never say die, never quite think things through spirit that embodies the crossman there you go. family. That's so right. I think That's that you, we, John. We, we were very much that. But you know, when I think about the Alamo, one of the things I think about is like. People being committed in a really tough situation. They, they stood up against the fray. Right, yeah. big deal. And so that's why people remember it. And but there's big sacrifice when we do it too. So um, we have a guest today that kind of embodies all of that. Can you imagine that? Because he's that's from right. San Antonio, and he's dealing with really hard stuff that other people talk about. He's actually doing. Our guest today is Kenneth Clark. Kenneth, thanks for being here. It's so good to be with you guys. Listen, oh, listen. Goodness. So we to have. And my dad's name was Kenneth, so I, I love. Do you that know what name. Kenneth means? What does it mean? Handsome and trustworthy. Really. <laughs> Yes, I hope your father was handsome, and I hope he was trustworthy. Uh, he was both those things, as are you, Kenneth, okay, okay, as, okay. as are you. Time will tell. We'll yeah. See. So uh, anyway, so thanks for being here with us. And um, uh, first off, just a little bit about you. So you're from Texas? Originally from Texas, a little town called Longview, Texas, east of probably an uh, hour from the Shreveport, Louisiana border, and about an hour and a half from Dallas. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Spent some time in San Antonio. I didn't yeah. make that up. Yeah, that didn't was a make real that up. I, I was adopted when I was 13, and so my family now lives in San Antonio, so... Uh, my formidable years wasn't always the best, so I just kind of claimed San Antonio as, as home. So I'm there probably two or three times a year visiting family. You know, I, that's, a, that's a little nugget of truth you just dropped on there. That's, that's very real. I, my family have three older siblings, and we moved around a lot, and all four of us claim different cities as our hometowns. Yeah. And uh, I, my mind, I really claim Tallahassee as my hometown, even though it's, it's just where I went to college, but that's where I go back to. Uh, so you go back to San Antonio. I do. I right. do. My, my guardians, uh, they're, they're there. So I'm, I'm there. I take my family there now often. So that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well now, um, in your life now, you married, you got three kids, yes, sir. three daughters, three, three girls. I'm, I'm outnumbered. We've got a boy dog. Um, yeah. Nice. Call him Prince Jackson. Uh, so <laughs> after two of my favorite artists, Prince and Michael. So, but, uh, yeah, I have three daughters, been married to my wife for 20 years. Um, okay. Now listen now. Okay, real quick. All right, yes, quick. This quick. So, uh, I want to create a game. We're going to call this game uh, Kenneth Clarkapalooza. Okay. okay. Right. Follow this. Kenneth Clarkapalooza. <laughs> I'm, right? I'm in. Are you ready? I'm in. All right. So, um, um, producer Mike and I are going to create a fantasy concert for you. Right. Okay. And it's going to be five bands or performers that you get to sit and watch live back to back to back. Uh, I think I know who two of them are, but tell me, give me your top five all time greatest bands, performers you would want to see live. Tomorrow night, go. Tell Man, me what they Okay, tomorrow night, uh, Saturday night, we would go definitely Michael. I haven't seen him live. I would definitely uh, go Prince. I haven't seen him live. 
Um, I'm, I'm a neo soul guy out of music based out of Philly. Uh, so there's a band called the roots. I've seen them, but I'd love to see them again. Um, man, um, I'd probably, as a drummer, I'd have to say, I'd love to see Led Zeppelin. Um, you know, John was a beast on the kit. And so probably had the, 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 the quickest foot ever in, in, in being a drummer. Uh, that's four. Yeah. My fifth band. Uh, man, it's gotta be earth, wind and fire, right? I've seen them, but oh, they're, I, I, I they love them. were yeah. in, incredible. So if we're going to, Oh, we're going to, we're going to go way back. Then I'd, I'd say I go Commodores. Nice. Why, why, they, why Lionel was still Lionel before Richie. Lionel yeah, left the, right. the original. One of my favorite songs is The Night Ship. Oh. It was written for Marvin Gaye. So, Listen, uh, yeah. that is a straight, powerful lineup. Can I yeah. just tell you uh, my number one real quick? Yeah. Do you mind? Do you mind? I don't mind. mind. Go. So listen to this. Sure, sure. So um, my favorite band that like defined me, you know, like how sometimes like when you're at your teenager, you discover a band and you're like, this is me, you connect. That band for me was Living Color. When I discovered Living Color, it was like this. This is who I am as a person. I I could their Vivid album. I could sing to you every single song on that album mm. all the way through. There's no other band that Man. I could say that about. You know, sometimes you learn about a band historically. Like you've always heard about the Beatles, and the Beatles are great, but it's very different when like you yourself discover a band. So when I was 18 years old, I had a ch- chance to see them in concert, and I turned it down. I just had stuff going on. I, I missed oh, it. I did, did not see them in concert. So two years ago, two years ago, I got the opportunity to see them in concert in Jackson, Mississippi, where my wife's from. So I went. So I went and saw them. And I mean, I sat closer than you and I are sitting to the stage. And um, I got to touch all all four originals. And I got to like touch high five or whatever with three of the four. The only one I didn't was the lead singer, which is Corey Glover. And so I got my car to leave. And I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, gosh, that was just an awesome moment in my life. And thank you, Lord, I just got to have this. I look in my rearview mirror, Corey Glover's walking by. Wow. So I roll out and I said, Corey, and he came over and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I got a selfie with uh, Corey Glover. Man. And so that was just a great thing. It's Man. just like a great thing to have that, 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 that connection was just really, really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm geeking thinking, out just listening to this, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Music, music is so powerful. It is. It brings cultures together. It brings people together. Music's powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, so you you had this interesting life where you you come from a background of um, some legit brokenness. You know, people yeah. people. You know, we you could do another day that all of that. I'm sure it's, there's some pain, mm-hmm. and yet you seem very happy. You seem very joyful. So you've you've certainly gone through some healing For sure. uh, through all that. I imagine music was part of it. Sure. Faith being part Absolutely, of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and now you with married your own kids. That must be part of it. Absolutely. And yet there's still probably some scar tissue there with all that too. For sure. There's right? Some res- there's a, definitely some residue. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And so now you're doing this stuff now. You're the uh, executive director and you're the founder of Vibrant, fam- Vibrant yeah. Families, yeah. which is based in Sanford, correct? Yeah. Correct. And so now you're doing work there and the work you're doing, you're helping uh, mentor kids, boys who are with fatherless homes. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that, that is that's, that's kind of That's the our new- demographic, our target, yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's so fascinating to me, Kenneth, because- I think a lot of times, you know, people sort of play church and not be the church. Yeah. That, I don't mean that sound judgy or mean or anything, but like yeah. people love to talk about issues as opposed to jump in there. And I think that all those studies about fatherless homes, fatherless homes, fatherless homes, and then you're actually, you're doing it. Yeah. So tell us about that. That's, that's pretty amazing yeah, work. Fantastic. Uh, I think for, for me, uh, I've been in, the, I've been in the church for a very long time. I've, I've pastored, I've led at high levels. Uh, I've done international, um, uh, work as well with mission trips. But I think for me in the last couple of years, 
I was really trying to figure out what, as I've gotten into my forties, what was really going to be my lasting impact. And so, and I, man, it's been great my church experience and and, and pulpits on Sundays and doing different things. But how could I do do more in the community? This isn't fill the dreams anymore. Where you build it and they will come. Then we have to go where people are, and that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. His best messages was never in a synagogue. It was never in the church. Mm. It was with people. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, how could I make the most impact? Me growing up, never meeting my father, being adopted by a family when I was 13. I couldn't read um, at that time. And so I now go back and what was that kid's life like? Me. Mm. How could I make an impact on a little Kenneth? Mm-hmm. And that was the that were, where the dream kind of began to come. I, I had some really great relationships with with uh, our local school district. So I said, this is what I'm dreaming about and how can we uh, be able to serve some kids that, that are come from, that are at risk uh, that maybe, and some may have some men in their life, but some, some life giving somebody that's speaking life into them. And so I've mentored at the middle school, high school level, but sometimes when we get there, um, man, they, they've had enough life in our adolescence. We talked about kind of where you claim home. There's enough things that happen when you're young. If we're not careful. We won't get those kids back because mm-hmm. they've lived so much life. And so what we what want to do is kind of get them a little earlier. And so right now our target is is fifth grade and middle school. And then once we once we kind of build a relationship with the boys, we will then mentor with them until they graduate high school. Wow. And then even to their college years, we've, we're, we don't have to be everything, but we can have the resources and the connections to really get some of these young boys. And eventually we'll get to the ladies too, the young, our ladies, without having a healthy male role model presence in their life. I'm 45 and I still deal with some things of abandonment. Sure. Of fear. Sure. Now the truth is none of us come out unscathed. Right. You could have the perfect mom and dad. Yeah. The resources, you go to the right schools, you don't, you know, you don't have any traumatic per se and nobody comes out unscathed. We all have our things, but it's just a higher risk when you don't have someone in your home or in your life that's speaking life to you, especially in those transitional periods. That jump from Fifth to middle school, that's a big jump. And that jump from uh, middle school to high school, that's a big jump. And that jump from high school to college. And so we're really trying to help these transitional periods to to be able to uh, not only mentor, but with our mentorship program, we do curriculum. We, 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 we talk through things. We talk about all types of topics of, from anywhere from uh, uh, showing them how to tie a tie to emotional intelligence. And then on the weekends, we do really cool things. I'm a big I'm a big fan of introduction. I think we have to introduce new things to kids that have never had access to some of those things. I remember the first time when I was adopted and our family, we went to a friend's boathouse. And in my mind, I couldn't wrap my, my mind around, this is a second house? Like, <laughs> this, they don't live here all the time? Like, they got a boat hooked up to a house? They don't, it couldn't compute, but it was just another way that 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 people live and so we want to introduce them to things i want to take them to a nice restaurant so they could be the chef i want to take them out on a boat i want to take them to a sporting event i want to do things that us men as fathers would normally do that they don't have access to that is so powerful you know i um uh i've done a lot of prison ministry work in my past and one year we had a thing where we had all the inmates we asked all these men to write mother's day cards to their moms and they were all over it and, you know, that's May. And then June came, we asked them to do Father's Day cards, and they were not interested. And so that's the most commonality is that, is the, is that, is that wound. And then we know that the step in there is that is you. It's, it's you and men like you 
I mean, giving these kids a hug and, and it's so interesting because what you're talking about is like, it's, um, it's inspirational and aspirational, right? So like I, you didn't know somebody has a boathouse, right? And then like, you know, you could be a chef, you could own the restaurant. Like those are all things that if somebody doesn't put in you, how would they come out? Yeah. Kenneth, we're going to take a quick break, but I want you to stay right there. Don't run out of here. I want you to do a little beatbox when we come back. We'll do. No, no, no. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, but we'll take a break. We're going to come back with Kenneth Clark, with who's the founder and executive director of Vibrant Families. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world to people who are impoverished, oppressed, and persecuted? Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. Once again, here is John Crossman. This is John Crossman, and we're back at the Crossman Conversation with Kenneth Clark, founder, executive director of Viber uh, Families. And uh, drummer in your background? Yes, sir. So yes, I referenced sir. beatboxing. You've actually done a little bit of that in your life? A little, a little, bit. little drumming, a little beatboxing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll, that I is mean, the coolest I think up thing. As a kid, I mean, <laughs> that's the coolest moment in the studio. Mike, I could I, not I, agree I, more. Yeah, the, to be fair, the bar, the bar is pretty low with I, me and Mike. I'm thinking of going ahead and recording a track while I we're think at you it. You guys right? can do it. I think y'all can it's do ne- it. No, 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 no. That's never going to happen. Uh, but that's been an important part of your your life, and then it connects people too. Yeah, cool. music has been been huge. I think um, I I started out playing trombone in middle school, and uh, I tried out for drums. And then they said, you, "No, you should you should go get the tuba." And so I did. I couldn't play drums during during that time, but I've always been fascinated with it. 
And then um, coming out of high school, I was working with a organization, a missions organization, and I, I, it, it kind of just landed. I started playing percussion throughout the summer, and then I was asked to uh, kind of join the tour, and I, God opened the doors. And I remember I went to this prophetic conference. I was 19, and this lady said, music, music, God's bringing music in your life. And this was before I accepted the tour, and he's going to open up doors, and you'll play before kings. And I thought, wow. And music, because of that window, that season, God opened up music. And literally music has had invitations to all over the world to play music, worship conferences and doing different things. And so music has been and still is as a very it's opened up doors. You know, the Bible talks about God will your gift will make room for you. And it's true. God gives us all gifts. I never knew that gift was there, but I look back on it. Music has been a gift to me. It's brought my wife. It's brought me relationships. It's opened up doors. And so. My wife uh, is a piano player and singer, and then my, my oldest daughter is a s- singer, and she's majoring in theater. And so um, I joked about how I'm not really included when it comes to mu- musical stuff. So they bought me one of those shaker things. So I could just stand there. Just, oh, a little tambourine. Little yeah. Little. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just be in the corner. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, Kenneth, I wanted to tell you the story. Um, recently, my wife and I uh, went to Red Lobster. Okay. We're big Red Lobster fans. They got all you can eat shrimp right they now. They do, man. It's so fantastic. Yeah. So we we went, and uh, the server comes up, and I'm just being descriptive, not judgy, just like to tell a story. So it's me and my wife. The server comes up. He's really kind of thin, kind of guy, and he's got like kind of scraggly long hair and a lot of tattoos on his arms and stuff like that. And he was a little bit uh, shaken because he just had a lot of tables. Like he came up his first moment, he was like apologetic, and he's like, "Oh, you know, and uh, something and." And I, I was just trying to calm him down and kind of connect into him. And so he had this necklace on and I could tell it looked like a coin and I collect coins. And I said, oh, oh, I love your necklace. And and I was just trying to calm him down. And he was like, oh, thank you. And then I said, uh, oh, is, is that a coin? It looks like a coin. It looks pretty cool. And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like when my dad abandoned us, this is the only thing he left behind. Wow. That's what he said. Wow. So he he walks off to get our drinks and then he, he comes back and his drinks. And so I looked at him and I said, uh, I said, hey, um, I have an app on my phone, and it can tell you what a coin is. I said, would you mind me to look at your coin so I could tell you what it is? And, man, he took that necklace off, and he put the coin down, and I took the picture. And it's actually a pretty rare Mexican coin. And wow. so then I showed it, and I said, do you want to take a picture of this so you'll know what it is? And, man, I, I thought the kid was going to cry, you know. And I'm telling you, kind of felt like in that moment, I wanted to adopt him. I just mm-hmm. wanted to grab yeah. him, you know, because uh, he's carrying that like literally around his necklace, around his neck, right? But you're dealing with these kids that figuratively the weight is right there Mm -hmm. all the time. That's what you're dealing with. For sure. Right? For sure. And if you or a ministry like yours is not pouring into these kids, it's going to be the biggest problem in our society. Yeah, I think it it already is a problem. Right. Um, I mean, over, I think it's over 78% of African-American boys, black boys, black Black young men don't have a father, um, and, and and those rates, those numbers are rising even more across just children overall. And so, remember um, last year we were wrapping up our year, or at, at the beginning of the year, and I had some of our mentors with the boys, and I've got about we've got about twenty five, thirty mentors that mentor with us. Some of these guys that I've known, done ministry with, great friends of mine, and we were with the boys, and I said, "Hey, the men in here care about you. We love you." And when I said that some of the boys didn't know how to take it and some of them laughed. And I knew I'm, I'm wise enough to know that they, they don't even know where to put that. 
Right. Another man has said, we care for you. We're proud of you and we love you. They had to laugh at it. So we, we kind of addressed that a little bit individually. And then at the end of the year, I made the same statement and it was well received. And that was because we invested time. There was trust that was built. We don't have, and I've said this time and time, we don't have bad kids. We have bored kids and we don't have things to do. Then we, we, we will find, we will find things. Um, bad attention is still attention. So when we have bored kids that need attention, they're going to find bad things to do. But if we can fill that and, and replace that of what's possible with some authentic care and love, um, then I think we're going to have a better outcome and a better community. Oh and for me, gosh. I'm just yeah. biased. I think it really begins with us men. Yeah. That is a role that God has placed on men in our home. When my house does well, man, I'm doing all right. When it's not going well, that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can and look at a wife and tell how that the temperature of the house is going. I don't, yeah. need, I don't even need the husband to speak. Yeah. I could talk to the bride and I can tell you what's going on in the house. Absolutely. Tell me this. How can people be supportive of what you're doing? How can they help? Fantastic. I mean, we uh, obviously what we what we do requires resources. Um, we, we feed the boys every time we're with them. Just this last past weekend, you can go to our Facebook, vibrantfamilies.org. Um, but you can, or our website, uh, we took them shoe shopping. And so we, wow. we took them to the Nike outlet uh, and we just purchased our first vehicle. So we got a bus now with transportation uh, that we can now move the boys around with. But get involved with us. Um, and we always need mentors um, to, to link arms, link arms with us. Usually a couple times a month, we're, uh, we're with the boys for several hours. Um, and, and you don't have to commit like once and you're there forever, but just, uh, as a rotation, um, and then resources, um, we're, uh, we're, we're in the beginning phases of what we're building. We've uh, been running this, uh, just about a year and a half now. And so got a lot of support. A lot of people are behind us. A lot of organizations are behind us, but it just takes more people. And I'm not willing to, to grow too fast, uh, right. to outpace our mentors and outpace the workload. Because one thing I've learned about ministry being in it for over two decades is the more you do, the more you realize that it needs to be done. Yeah. And if you, a lot of times those ministries has a tendency to just do, try to do everything for everybody all the time. And then you burn yourself out. And then in two or three years, you're not, you're non-existent. So we definitely will grow according to how many mentors that we, we can bring on. And then how many, how much resources we can continually on a monthly monthly basis uh, raising that or uh, a, a, an annual contribution, but resources and mentor is probably the biggest things that we can. Yeah. That's so powerful. You know, it's funny. It's like I referenced early about uh, the father's day, mother's day, you know, churches have struggled. They didn't know they were struggling when I was a kid because sometimes they'd celebrate father's day and then they don't really know that they're poking a big wound and mm-hmm. they'll talk about how great fathers are, but not all fathers are great. Not all fathers are there. Right. Yeah. And so, when I think about you and I think about those resources, man, think about the kid that maybe is a superstar athlete and they're getting an award and there's no family there. Yeah. Sometimes they're surrounded by family. Sometimes they're all alone. Yeah. That's a thing. I think one of the things we share with, we got some boys that are really great athletes. And I think one of the things that we want to communicate is that we care and love for you if you go out and score 20 touchdowns and we'll care and love for you if you fumble the ball and lose the game. Yeah. Your worth is not tied to what you do. Yeah. You are already worthy. Right. And so just trying to speak life because oh. that that is that is what we don't get is life giving communication that says you know what I am worthy and I'm enough just because I'm breathing right not because I'm doing something right and so and, that hug 
that affirmation, yeah. uh, so important, so critical. Yeah. You're and giving and, and until that trust is built, then that's not even received either. You yeah. know, that, that, that hug or that I love you or that proud of you. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. Why would I trust you? The world mm-hmm. has, has done, done really bad things to me. So why are you going to, you're going to buy me a Chick-fil-A sandwich and tell me you care for me. So we're playing the long game. This is not, this is why we, we we're committed to uh, connect with these boys in the fifth grade and being able to, to be with them until they, till they graduate and hopefully into their lives. I know that I would not be here if someone didn't reach down and give me an opportunity yeah. to show me a different way. I'd be dead or locked up. That's hundred yeah. percent. No, I'm, I, I get it. I get it. So we need to be uh, helping out with people. We need to make sure that we're donating and then probably other resources. Yeah. And I up. think spreading the word awareness is huge. So yeah. I think, man, follow us on, on Facebook, follow us on our, on our social media. And then if we post something, share it. Like the more people I get, anytime we post something, somebody else will, will reach out and say, I didn't know this existed. Well, it goes so, to, it's your solution, right? Like, yeah. like, like don't just watch the news and think, Oh man, somebody should do something. Somebody is. And yeah. it's you. Yeah. All right. I got one last fun question for you. And we're going to wrap up. You let's ready? Ra- let's shoot it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, we're at the dream concert, right? Okay. You're on drums. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Lead guitar. It's going to be Prince. Yep. Singer is going to be Michael Jackson. Yep. Round out the rest of your crew there. Who's, who's on bass? Oh, who's my else, gosh. Who else is on stage there with you? Who else is on that stage with you? Oh, man. Um, I can't place my bass player's name right now. Um, last name is Blackman. He's Justin Timberlake's band director. I can't place his first name. Let's see. Probably I got some ladies that, that are there. In their own right are incredible, but it would be Jill Scott, probably Erica Badu, and then Keys. I'm 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 missing my mind on Keys right now. <laughs> no, listen, okay. Erica Badu uh, and Justin Bieber's bass player, plus you on drums, plus uh, Jackson. Plus it's going to be Lionel yeah. Richie, right? That's who it's going to be. Right? I mean, we hey, you could put Lionel anywhere. Maybe maybe I do uh, maybe I do uh, Stevie. Get Stevie on the keys. <laughs> So well, Stevie Wonder on the keys. So. Well, I want you to ponder on that a little bit. That's a fun one, right? Yeah. It's just sort of good to think about that. Well, listen, man, I'm grateful uh, because uh, you're working to make all of our community better. With the work you're doing, it impacts uh, a person, and then it impacts a generation, and it impacts a community. And you know, sometimes you know, we we think about ministries that want to grow, 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 grow. They want to be global, um, but you know, if you just focus on helping this group of people around you. It does create global impact. I mean, it may be something in generationally we see, but it matters. So what you're doing yeah. is just super, super important. I appreciate the opportunity. I think our organization, we try to live by one mantra, done is better than perfected. Mm-hmm. So just just move. And if we all play a part, we're going to get a lot of stuff done. Well, I'm grateful for you. Kenneth Clark, founder and executive director of Vibrant Families. I hope everybody listening will support everything that he's doing. He's doing great stuff. This has been John Crossman. And as always... Support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production.